0: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Gail Gordon, V. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Have you ever noticed how much difference those little finishing touches make in some women's appearance? They may be expensively dressed and neat as a pin, but that little dab of powder, that touch of lipstick, make all the difference in the world. Well, you know, finishing touches like that play an important part in your home, too. Johnson's wax is a specially fine example of what I mean. Floors that a few minutes before were just ordinary, dull floors, shine with a lovely bright luster. Table tops, china cabinets, chair arms, when polished with Johnson's wax, glow with Beauty are so easy to keep clean and sparkling. Windowsills laugh at dirt and rain. Picture frames, Venetian blinds, and a hundred other everyday things take on a richly polished appearance that adds greatly to the charm of your home. Yes, the finishing touch of Johnson's Wax beautifies all kinds of surfaces, protects them, preserves them, adds to their length of life, and saves you hours of housework. Use it regularly. Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. of beautiful scenery should avoid the morning mail around the first of the month. Some of the world's most unlovely views are seen through the windows of envelopes. There are other irritating kinds of mail, too. As witness River McGee and Molly. Oh, the
1: nerve of them short-changed artists. Those voucher vipers. Them pickpockets. Those cutthroats! Them nickel nurses. Now, don't tell uh-huh. me. Don't tell me. I know. It's a letter from the Third National Bank. Mm. You bet your beautiful little clavicle it's a letter from the Third National. Uh-huh. And this time I got them mortgage fakers right where I want them. Next time I talk to them guys through the bars, it'll be at Leavenworth. Oh, baby, this is what I've been waiting for. Look, sweetheart, we've been all through this before. Huh? I know this routine like Kate Smith knows. God bless America. <laughs> Calling your attention to an overdraft is not a criminal offense. No, but grand larceny is. What's that? This time they've gone too far. They've stolen my money. You mean they stuffed your $19 in a briefcase and ran away to South America? <laughs> I certainly hope Argentina's prepared to cope with the depression. Oh, it ain't the $19. It's the principle of the thing. They deny that I even got an account down there. Oh, no. Yeah, listen to this. It says, Dear Mr. McGee. Well, that's very friendly. Yeah. <laughs> hypocrite. Dear Mr. McGee, this is to inform you that our services have been greatly expanded. It would give us great pleasure to have you open a personal checking account with us and make use of our many business facilities. Well, you already use their business facilities. Sure. Yes, you borrow their blotter, swipe their ink, and use their telephone. But that ain't the point. They've mislaid my account. They probably deny I got any money in their rusty old cookie tin.
2: <laughs>
1: Who'd they give my 19 bucks to? I'll go down there. I'll go down there. I'll beat them. No. Oh. I'll call them up. Hand me the phone. Wait a minute. Somebody's at the door. Oh, I hope they don't stay long. I haven't been this mad in a long time, and it's hard to sustain a mood at my age. Well, you can always read the letter again. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hi,
3: Wimple. Hello, folks. <laughs>
1: Hey, Wynn, after today, can we use your telephone? They're taking ours out. McKee, you didn't tell
3: me that. I didn't know it was just now.
1: But when they hear the language I use talking to old man McDonald down at the Third National, they'll yank our phone out the fast wheel. Where do you bank in?
3: We have two different accounts, Mr. McMillan. Oh. I keep my money in an old inner tube behind a leaf board in the garage.
2: <laughs>
3: and Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. <laughs> sweetie Face keeps her money.
2: Where, Mr. Wimple?
3: I all. He keeps their money.
2: Oh, <laughs> well,
1: I'm burned, Wimp. I'm fried to a crisp. The Third National has fixed this place my account.
2: <laughs> and
1: it's a federal bank. I'm going to have J. Edgar Hoover and his boys go through that marble hideout like a tootham through a foursome.
3: Good to you, Mr. McGee. My cousin was a bank cashier once. Oh? He used to take the bank's money and pay the horse racing.
1: Oh, my goodness. Did they catch him and send him to prison?
3: No. They raised his salary and sent him to Pimlico.
2: <laughs>
3: he made $2 million and bought the bank.
1: That's very likely where my 19 bucks went. Somebody's playing the market with it. Say, there, uh, that might account for the inflation in bubblegum, baby. Really.
3: I don't trust banks myself, Mrs. McGee. I'm suspicious of any business that pulls down the kids at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I had a little joint account once. You had a joint account, Wimp? Where? I had a little joint at Fort Sinking Oak. I used to go in there almost every evening and get loaded.
2: Oh, Mr.
1: Wimple. Not you.
3: Yes. Yeah. The only place I could get BB's for my BB gun.
2: <laughs>
3: and I'd stand around, lean on a pool table, and smoke a cigarette. Don't tell us you inhale, Wimp. <laughs> Not very deeply, if you I'll never forget one night I swaggered home with six root beers under my belt, threw open the door, and, and there I am suddenly. what happened, Mr. Russell? My belt gave way, and the six root beers broke all over the carpet.
2: <laughs>
3: Believe me, anybody that says root beer is a soft drink never got hit over the head with half a bottle of it. Well, good
2: luck at the bank, Mr. <laughs>
0: Billy Mills and the orchestra, and my sugar is so refined.
1: up and down. Haven't you been able to get Mr. McDonald on the telephone yet? No, but when I do get him on the phone, I'll burn him up till every sparrow on the wires between here and the bank lights up like a flamingo. <laughs> Why don't you go down there and talk to him in person? Did you ever talk to a banker in person? No. He sits there with one, one eye on the guard, one finger on the buzzer, and one foot on the tear gas button. Looking at you like you had egg on your next eye and wondering if he better fumigate the bank after you leave. <laughs> Oh, now it isn't as bad as that, dearie. They've been very patient with your overdraft, you know. Why shouldn't they be? You ever see the sign on the front window? Assets, $24,900,619. you know whose $19 that is?
2: <laughs> That's
1: mine. It was, to so they stole it. And by George, I'm not... Relax, dearie. We got company. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble.
4: Hello, Molly. Hi, a little iodine. What's the matter with you, super weasel? You look perturbed. Get your nose caught in a mousetrap or something? He's
1: angry with the Third National Bank, Doctor. They seem to mislade
4: his account. Probably just slipped down behind a (laughs) paperclip. If you ever had more than $40 in folding money, buckle wart, you'd be even more unbearable than you are now. The very thought of which gives me the first nightmare I ever had standing up.
1: It ain't the amount of the deposit, folks, Jockey. It's the principle of the thing. I've been doing business with the Third National Bank for ten years, and they don't even know I'm a customer. They sent him a letter this morning asking him to become a depositor, yeah. You'll admit that's a pretty slick, job way of doing business. You said it. And before I get through with them, I'll have them garnishy artists calling to me on their pinstripe striped knees.
4: Look, muscle-proud, don't go borrowing trouble, particularly at a bank. The interest rate is too high. They asked for it, and by George, I'm going to give it to them. As I was
1: telling the trivia just yesterday.
2: Oh, hey.
4: The trivia mentioned you, incidentally. You and C.C. Tramaine. Now, Mr. If you C. don't mind, wobble jaw, I'd prefer not to discuss Mr. Maine with you. Okay, discuss her with Molly. I'll just listen.
1: How is Mr. Maine, doctor? You been seeing much of her? Well, uh, Of course he hasn't. That's what I was trying to tell him. The trivia says, and I quote, he says he was getting pretty weary of a certain chloroform cowboy hanging around his girlfriend. His girlfriend? Now, McGee, please don't
2: yep, stop. That's what he said.
1: He says if you don't quit pestering, Chiefy, he's going to take one of your hypo needles and tattoo Killjoy was here on your
2: forehead. Why that?
1: Yeah, he says it'll have to be wrote very small on account of you have such a low forehead. But he oh, he pee-pee. said that,
4: did he? Will you tell him for me that I would...
1: Most likely
4: for you, Doctor. Leave a nickel on the table when you go out, That was an incoming call, McGee. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. You <laughs> Hello, Gamble speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Mrs. Bannon. What? Well, now, don't be alarmed about it. Early or late, you'll have it eventually. Huh? Oh, nonsense. I've delivered hundreds of them in my time. I know what I'm talking about. All right, Mrs. Bannon. Goodbye.
1: Who's Mrs. Bannon, Doctor?
4: My housekeeper. She's worried because a true story magazine hasn't
2: arrived.
4: <laughs> I could
1: have bummed a ride downtown with Doc. I want to get my hands on that Cook McDonald. No, and me. McGee, don't talk like that. There isn't a more upright man in town than Mr. McDonald. He may be upright now, but I'll flatten him out like a puddle of milk. What's he ever done to you? He's loaned me money every time I ask for it. That's what he's done to me. He knows the best way to undermine a guy's character is lend him dough. If it hadn't been for him, I might have been a wealthy man today. But no, I could always get money from McDonald's. My, my. Dearie, sometimes I wish you wouldn't act so human. If Mr. McDonald's... Hello, Molly. May I come in? Oh, Mr. Wilcox. Yes, of course.
0: I do you say. What are you so red in the face for, pal? Mm, You've been practicing holding your breath again?
1: Oh, he got a letter from the bank this morning, Miss Wilcox, and he's still a little disturbed about it. A little disturbed, she says. I'm as sore as a bust of nose. And a letter from the bank? Look, Junior, I've had an account with those swindle merchants for ten years, and now they tell me they haven't got my name on their book. Well, you worry
0: too much about material things like that, pal. Get some outside interest. Painting or poetry like I do. I've been composing myself.
1: That's what I suggested he do, compose himself. <laughs>
0: Yes, I've just been out for a long walk, writing a sonnet to Spaniel Eyes. Who, mm-hmm. My wife. She's out of town visiting her mother, and I decided I'd write her a sonnet every day. Want to hear it?
1: Frankly, no. <laughs> so go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, I've still got some work to do on it, of course. It's pretty rough. Well,
1: read it, Mr. O'Fast.
0: Okay. Uh, like I say, the first part of it is pretty terrible, but it's got a terrific finish, kids.
2: Read it! <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks. <clears throat>
0: To Samuelite, Oh, while you visit far from me, our cottage lonely as a tomb,
2: oh.
0: and life stripped bare as winter trees, with only memories to a Ah.
2: Oh.
0: I with ear a tune for footsteps life, search your smile, your laugh, your merry eyes, the joy of your return each empty night. Johnson Glowford.
2: Oh,
1: Johnson's blow What's that in there for?
0: That's a terrific finish I mentioned.
2: Oh! Why,
0: for linoleum and other floor coverings, Johnson's self-polishing blowcoat is a terrific finish.
2: Yeah, but what's that... Ah, it's
0: a good thing I'm a poet as well as a salesman. Otherwise, how could I describe the sparkling beauty, the coruscating glitter of a blow-coated linoleum? that got to do, How could I describe in mere words the tactile ecstasy, the optical delight, the aesthetic satisfaction in the glossy, stain-resisting protection... Of Johnson's blowcoat.
5: Take
1: Mr. Wilcox up to the guest room, dearie. The Edgar guest room. I'm a kind of a poet myself, Waxy. I just wrote one that goes, We've heard your poem, why don't you go home?
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, I will. I've got to write another verse about how Johnson's blowcoat is so easy to apply. Just pour a little of it out and give it 20 minutes to dry. No hard work or toil, no rubbing or buffing. No worry, no fuss, no bother, no nothing. (laughs) Hey, that's it. I'll go home and write that down.
2: (laughs) Sentimental
1: character. His wife leaves town and he makes a commercial out of it. Hey, what time is it? About half past. Oh, boy, we better get down to that bank. They'll soon be closed. That's a good idea, and I hope Mr. Donald doesn't keep you waiting. He won't keep me waiting, Tootsie. One more little annoyance from him, and I'll go through that bank like Christmas through the egg money. Get your hat, Mama. I want to go down there and rip that bunch of creeps apart for it. Like... Chief firing gunner. A friend approaches.
6: Come in. Hello, Molly. McGee. Hi, Elizabeth. We're getting ready to go downtown. Oh, well, I'll drive you down when you're ready. Oh,
1: come on. Sit down, Miss Mayor. We've plenty of time. Been Christmas shopping,
6: have you? I think that's what I've been doing, Mrs. McGee. What a crowd. I feel like I've been doing high dives into a dry bathtub.
2: <laughs> well, I
6: hope you picked up something for
1: Fifi Jermaine, Latrice. I hear Doc Gamble is going to give her a diamond terrara and for free medical examinations for a year. <laughs> now, McGee, Dr. Gamble didn't say that. <laughs> Certainly not. Not like that, anyway. <laughs> tell you what he did say, though, Latrib. He said he was getting pretty sick and tired of you hanging around his girl so much. Whose girl? McGee, you told Dr. Gamble... It now, to make... wait a minute, Molly. I don't want to forget this. He also told me, Latrib, that he, if he ever ran into you around her house again, he was going to string a rope through your ears and haul you up on top of the city hall flagpole.
6: I see. That's very interesting, McGee. Well,
1: what are you going to do about it, Latrib? You're not going to let him get away with it, are you? Why don't you go down to his office and give him a good oh, call? Oh, McGee. Okay. Stop it. <laughs>
6: I rather imagine we shall know after Christmas just which one of us Miss Tremaine likes best, Phoebe. Have you got
1: her something
6: nice, Miss Tremaine? Indeed, I have, Mrs. McGee. You remember that lovely ermine scarf in the bottom window? That's for Phoebe.
1: Oh, wonderful.
6: Yes, yes, the minute I saw it, I said to myself, that's for her. Phoebe.
7: Yes.
2: <laughs>
6: I'll have that beautiful ermine stole for Phoebe. You have it sold
1: for? Why, Mr. Mayor, you're joking.
6: Joking? I said I wanted that ermine stole for Fifi's Christmas oh, present. Is that wrong? wrong? Wrong to steal? You mean to tell us you're running the city
1: hall with ethics like that?
6: My now, God. just a minute. Who said anything about stealing?
1: I can answer that when You did. Certainly. You said you'd have the ermine stole for your girlfriend. Who'd you have
6: to steal it? Some crooked ward healer? I had nobody to... steal it. I never said I had anybody steal it for me.
1: You... You don't mean you stole it yourself. Wait till they find out it's missing. They'll drag out a throne after... Throw out a drag it. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: They'll tear this town up till they find you. Please, con- McGee. Marley. now just a minute. Conscience hurting, Mr. Mayor?
6: Not at all. Now look, I merely said that when I saw this lovely ermine fur piece at the Bon I immediately decided that Miss Tremaine should have it for Christmas. And a
1: nice thought of day. It's only your method. If you please.
2: <laughs>
6: now, I took my checkbook, went down to the pond, called the sales girl, so I could have the ermine stole for Phoebe's present. Oh, you
1: bribed the sales girl to steal it for you, contributing to the delinquency of a miner and having. Her... I did not mind a briber. You a briber
7: miner. He said, when I stole a purse, I mean, when the vermin were being the, 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 the ermine permitted, the steals were the stole. Uh,
6: pretend, 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 TV, I want You! I... Hi.
2: McGee? Yes? Yeah?
6: I offered to drive you and Molly downtown, didn't I? Yes,
2: you
6: did. I withdraw my offer to you. You can walk. Okay. Molly, I'd love to drive you down anytime you're ready.
1: Oh, thank you, Your Honor. Do you mind if I take a friend? Oh, sure. Thanks. Come on, McGee. Okay. <laughs> the Kingsman sing the coffee song. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by
0: the billion So they've got to find those
7: extra cups to fill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil can't get cherry soda cause they've got to fill their quota and the way things are I guess they never will. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. Coffee, no, tea, no tea and no tomato juice. And furthermore, you see you see. See, no tomato juice. Because the planters down in Santos don't so say no no no. A politician's daughter was accused of drinking water and must find a great big $50 bill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. you take a girl and find out later she's a human percolator. Her perfume was made right on the grill. Why, they could percolate the old And when they're ham and eggs, they savor coffee, ketchup, gives yeah. them flavor, coffee, pickles, way out, sell the deal. Why, they put coffee in the coffee in Brazil. No tea, no tea, no tea, and no tomato <laughs> juice. You'll see, see. 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 no potato no. juice, no. 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 no use. No. For the planters down in Santos, I'll so say no He knows the art of junk. He doesn't take a lot of skin.
1: Sorry, Molly. It's almost time for the bank to close. I want to stop into the beauty salon and get my compact, dearie. I left it there yesterday. You ought to carry your makeup in a stamped address envelope. Where is this beauty shop? Right here. Oh, it's handy. Come on in. Oh, my God. Hey, look. In what, dearie? Look at the woman sitting there in the diver's helmet.
5: That's the hairdryer, McGee. Oh. That's a... oh, hello, Elsie. Hello, Mrs. McGee. If you come in for your payment, it isn't till tomorrow. And if it's for a manicure, you got that yesterday.
1: <laughs> no, we just stopped in to pick up my wife's compact,
5: Elsie. Oh, Here it is, Mrs. McGee. I thought maybe you was bringing your husband in for maybe a shampoo or a henna wrench or something. (laughs) Oh, now here, Elsie. He washes his own hair. I'll bet he cuts it himself, too.
1: No, no, Elsie. It just looks this way because the last time I went to the barber shop, I had the (laughs) hiccups. Do men really get any work done in here?
5: Oh, I'll say. A very prominent citizen is having his hair done in a face booth right now. Oh, really, Elsie? Yeah. He said he'd stop by and pick it up about 4 o'clock. He's the fella that.
1: What's that, fire drill?
5: No. Mrs. Dillon's eggs in the steam cabinet, and that means she's almost done. Oh. Uh, what's the signal when she's completely done, Elsie? <laughs> oh. That's it. <laughs> We'll be with you in a minute here, You
1: better go yank her out, Elsie, or at least stick a fork in her and see how she's doing.
5: Uh, let her roast a while, Mr. McGee. She's got the skin we love to skirt. Oh, <laughs> Not very popular with the operators, huh, see. Honey, <laughs> she's the side person which tips a girl a quarter and then borrows a dollar for cab fare. <laughs> she's so tight, only our strongest manicures can push her cuticle back. <laughs> I'll come in again, folks, huh? Goodbye,
1: Elsie. This is certainly a handsome bank, McGee, but uh, why do they all have such high feelings? I don't know why the others do, but with all the second-story workers they got in here, I, hey, I wonder if our old man McDonald keeps himself. Well, maybe I'm just being silly, but uh, could he be at that desk with a little sign that says Mr. McDonald on it? That's it. And there's the dirty upscounder himself.
7: Aha!
1: I caught you at last, McDonald. Hello, McGee. Good day, Mrs. McGee. Have a chair. Be careful, Molly. Probably got it booby-trapped. <laughs> don't be silly, dearie. Thank you, Mr. McDonald. Have a cigar, McGee. Oh, bribery, eh? Those tactics will get you no place, McDonald. I'll... Oh, cronies, huh? Thanks. Have a cigar, Molly? Certainly not. You know I don't smoke. Take one. You might want to give it to somebody later tonight. <laughs>
8: No, no, no. Now, pardon me, McGee. McDonald speaking. How's that? U.S. savings bonds. Oh, absolutely. I don't know a better way to invest your money. Certainly. You not only set up your savings for the future, but you help curb inflation. Not at all. I'll be glad to sell them to you. Goodbye. You get
1: a commission? <laughs> now, look, McDonald, I've been doing business with you for ten years. Done all my
8: banking here. Oh, that's all right, McGee. In this business, we take the pitter with a suite.
1: You see, McGee, I told you Mr. McDonald would remember that you had an account
8: here. Certainly I remember it, Mrs. McGee. Hardly a day passes that his account isn't on my desk for one reason or another. <laughs> we know Mr. McGee is a customer here. Oh, you do, eh? Then how do you explain this,
1: McDonald? Explain what? This letter. Dear Mr. McGee, we'd like to handle your banking business. Come down and open an account with us. What? There it is in black and white. Read it and weep ice water, you cold-blooded old. I person. see.
8: Mr. McGee, do you know where you are right
1: now? Certainly I know where I are. I'm sitting right here in the Third National Bank with you. And what does it say on the top of this letter of yours? It says Fourth National Bank of Whistlevich. Oh, Fourth National Bank? Oh, but this is the Third
8: National oh. <laughs> kind of silly of me, isn't it?
5: <laughs> yes, it is, McGee. But as
8: long as you're here, we've got an overdraft on your account of $3.33. Oh, this is
5: ridiculous. <laughs>
0: you like your linoleum floors to look, if you like to have them have a bright gloss, one that's easy to maintain, you'll want to protect them with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Now, if you're using glow coat for the first time, you'll be delighted to see how easily and evenly it spreads, how smoothly it dries without any streaking. Twenty minutes after you've applied Johnson's glow coat, your linoleum and other floors will be ready to walk on and shining beautifully. You know, of course, that glow coat is self-polishing. It shines as it dries without any rubbing or buffing. It keeps the colors and pattern of your linoleum bright as new, and it adds greatly to its life. So there you have three very good reasons why you'll prefer glow coats. Brighter shine, easier housework, and economy. Try it, won't you? Find out why. More women use Johnson's self-polishing glow coats than any other floor polish, and with far greater satisfaction.
8: There's still one cigar left in the box, McGee. You might as well take it, too.
1: Thanks, Max. Say, incidentally,
8: oh, wait, Mickey, he's telephoning. Hello, Fourth National, cashier, please, Mister Leslie. Hello, Leslie, McDonald, the third. Yes, one of our depositors just received a letter from you people soliciting his banking business. A uh, Mister McGee. That's it. Yes. Was this your idea? It was. Oh, you fool, you.
2: Good night,
8: Max.
1: Good night, all.
0: Marla Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and
8: Industry, and inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is Chicago WMAQ.